Hi, you guys. This is Exquisite Conversation. We have an exciting show today. Um, we're doing something exclusive. Exclusive. And this is because I am excited. I am excited, you guys. We have Cicely Sierra here. We can call her so many other things. We're going to let her get into tune with that. You guys know how we usually do it. We're doing some upgrading here with Exquisite Conversation. Um, so we're going to switch some things up. We're not going to do it with introductions of ourselves anymore because we're a little bit more growner than that. So we're going to introduce ourselves without me passing the mic around. You guys know that I'm Pomani J, CEO and founder of Huh? <laughs> I'm Nicole, a.k.a. Pomani J, CEO and founder of Exquisite PR Firm and host of Exquisite Conversation. We're going to be doing some upgrading with our people here. We're going to be doing some upgrading with the with the leverage and the look. And also, we're going to, probably going to start giving us a progress report about the people that we interview here. I want to thank people who have offered um, their clients and their people here, and we'll do that at the end. But right now, y'all, we got an amazing show that's about to happen. And again, I'm Pavani J. All right, I'm King Jacob, yours truly, the man with the million-dollar voice. Welcome. Happy Sunday. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. okay, and we also have Cicely. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, hello, welcome. Um, I'm Cicely. I'm a Libra. Um, uh, I have blue hair as of recently. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, you, I'm a chef. I was an actress. You may know me. I've done a few things. I was a Power Ranger. I was in a hostel. I got a group back. Um, I played Spirit on One on One. Um, and now I'm a chef, a restaurateur, and a culinary instructor. I've owned restaurants in California and New York. I've had a CPG company. And now I focus more of my time on making sandwiches and teaching people culinary. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, I seen you. I was already out. So I was out with a client. I'm out, right? And um, we working. We working. We running here and there, here and there, here and there. And it comes through my phone like on a massive. I know when it's an emergency because it's not that beep, beep. It's beep, 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 beep. So I'm looking at my phone like, wait a minute. What? Is this one of the kids? And I look and I see that it's you. I'm like, oh, yeah. We about to shut everything down. Cause I want to see what she doing. <laughs> you are one of the people that uh, made me watch one. I came there to watch you. You were sarcastic. You were funny. Um, you, you. I, I remember the look of whenever someone would think that you would say something that was out of the norm. The look of you turning around and walking off. The different color hair different color braids you have rocked it and i remember coming to the tv watching you even when it was late night even when it's on late night i, st I still watch you. <laughs> just to keep my kid and me going and i just want to appreciate your tell you i appreciate your acting skills and you being an actress um i know that right now in life as i've read um, your bio on the things that you've been doing, um, life changes, life changes. And you are just as exciting then, now as you were then. I'm going to let you feel the people in with what you're doing now as far as 
you're 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 a restauranter just as well as a um a a serial entrepreneur yeah i said okay that's amazing um and the blue hair you still rocking it whether it's pink yeah. blue yellow red you look good with it girl you look Thank good you. and i appreciate your stance here on this planet i am um, I, and I, I'm grateful that you're here on Exquisite Conversation. So let us know what's going on. Um, well, I mean, it was really interesting because I think for me, I've always been obsessed with cooking. And um, like my mom was super, my mom did it, my grandmother did it, like feeding our neighbors, all of these things. And then every Sunday, no matter where we were, um, since, you know, like I was like four, I can remember being in the kitchen making something for Sunday dinner. And then like she would, if our friends didn't have anywhere to go, she would invite them in. And like, and and as I got older, she would be like, it's because your grandmother did it. And you know, this is the thing that I grew up with. So feeding people, I think, um, is something that's always fascinated me. It's always been my, like highest form of like care and compassion. And I think it's interesting because when I went into acting, I was like, I'm not good at this, right? Like I'm not good at this. And um, once the show ended, well, let me say this. My mom was like, when when she said, cause my brother started, I have three brothers and they all started acting before I did. And so she would be like, just try it. You know what I'm saying? Cause the purpose in life is for you to do something that you love. Right. Mm -hmm. She's like, try it, see if you love it. And then if you don't love it, you don't have to do that. Thing. Um, so when one on one ended, I was in a place where I was like, I really love cooking. I don't love this. I don't love um, some of the aspects of the business and all of these things. And I'm very like. It wasn't where I felt like I needed to be. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna just dive into cooking full time. And I never looked back and I honestly believe that it was um, one of the best decisions that I had made. Um, and so I went to Le Cordon Bleu. Uh, I started doing dinner parties and all these things and cooking for people before I went to culinary school. And then at some point I was like, if I really wanna take this seriously, I should probably go to school, learn everything that there is to know so I can really build out my career. And I started off like halfway through school doing an internship. So I did like a super long extended internship at the LA Times Test Kitchen. And we would test these recipes. And it was, it was really cool because it was a time where people would write in and be like, oh my God, I went to McDonald's. They have the best oatmeal. Can you contact McDonald's? And it really, that one was true. They would, can you contact McDonald's and ask them how they make their oatmeal? Mm -hmm. um, and so we would reach out to McDonald's. That one didn't happen, like obviously it's McDonald's, but we would reach out to the restaurant or the chef and get their story and tell their story and test these recipes 20, 30, 40 times, and then publish the story, talk to the reader, get to know them, and then be able to shop and all of these things. So it was just, it felt so magical because I was like, I get to be where the people are. I think that was the thing that I was missing in acting a little bit. I wasn't where the people were. It mm. was like, I love conversation and connection. So I did that. I started food styling, which was like really weird and uncomfortable for me because I would go on sets of like 
And then people that I knew or friends would be like, oh my God, you're here, you're working. I'm like, no, I'm actually like, you know, putting the food on your plate. I was like, oh, this is not for me. Um, and then um, I went into food trucks because the idea, like as an entrepreneur, the idea of a food truck just made sense to me financially because, you know, sometimes with a brick and mortar, if you're not on the right corner or if you're, you don't have parking or it's not walkable, um, people will miss out on your food if it feels like a trek sometimes to get there. And while that wasn't necessarily true in New York, but I really found that experience kind of to be true in LA. Like if you didn't have parking, if you didn't have this, it was a struggle. And I could see that with some of my friends and their restaurants. So I was like, well, if I had a food truck, I could go where the people were. I could try a space. If it didn't work, I could move and, and just experience culture in a very different way and food in a different way and bring food to people. So I did that and then um, I worked on a bunch of food trucks. I was the food chef on um, a food truck in LA that like made, we made dough chop custard. We made pudding from scratch and it was nuts because it was the most expensive. Like you would buy what was like a cup of pudding for like 17 bucks, but people were into it and whatever, fine. Um, and then I moved from LA to the Bay and I joined this organization called La Cucina. Um, and I opened a restaurant with my mother called Pinky and Reds. And we were on Cal's campus um, in Berkeley, California. And that's where I think it was really cool in LA because I, I had gotten so much knowledge and I had the privilege of different women taking me under their wing and being like, you know, stand firm in who you are. Because it's really foolish, like when you cook professionally, because I could cook for you as a woman at home. But when it comes to monetizing this, it's a man's world, but you wouldn't cook for, but okay, fine. Um, so they would be like, don't, don't buckle, don't fold, you know, stand firm. And so at the same time of like building my business, I had to like work because it was like self-funded. So I was like teaching culinary and doing all of these things. And I think that our, our premise of that, that restaurant originally was like telling our food story. And it was dope because in a liberal city, there wasn't an, enough care for us. And you had to be so forceful on that campus to care for us. And so we were like, cool, it'll be for the black people. But then you saw that like, there, was, there wasn't a lot of spaces for brown people. So our space turned into this community hangout where we would remember people's names, feel good, have a really good heart for customer service. And then it was like, well, if we really are going to be about the people, then we have to make sure that we take care of everybody. Mm -hmm. Like we have to start serving halal meat because it doesn't make sense that people come in here and will support our business of like Muslim faith and we don't, we're not able to adequately feed them. So we started having these conversations about the fact that food is a political thing. And how do you show up for people in that when some people will just look at it as, um, catfish and spaghetti but how do you make a statement in that and kind of push back a little bit little by little and affect change so we started doing that and then i made foolish personal choices and i moved and i moved to new york um but i opened a restaurant with one of my really somebody that i really care about and one of them like a mentor to me um and so i was lucky enough for um them to be like, it's yours. Whatever you want to do, do it. Um, 
And so I was like, well, I just want to make it black. And so I remembered a lot of people. So what do I want to say here? If, if I'm really about people as a customer walking in, feeding us and having a safe space for us to eat and enjoy food and luxuriate. But then also as a, as a business owner, what does that look like? And I remember having my kids and being a single parent and going to um, apply for like restaurant jobs, but it, 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 it expands restaurants, right? I remember being like, oh, I can only work these hours because my kids are in school. You know what I'm saying? This would be the best block of time for me to drop them off, pick them up, be able to maneuver. And I remember our Caucasian counterparts being like, we'll see what we can do, right? And then if a white woman came in and said the same thing, they'd be like, you're so strong, we're gonna give you a job. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna hire a bunch of single moms. And so low key secretly, we had a basement. So we'd hire a babysitter and they could bring their kids so they could work their shift. And then I would was really transparent about like, okay, yes, you need a job, right? Like we all go into spaces and be like, oh, I need a job, hire me, I'm the best candidate. But the reality is I need you just as much as you need me. So know that you have a whole lot of leverage walking in this door because if I didn't need nobody, I wouldn't be hiring. So I was like, so you need to come in here and use this opportunity as a platform for you to stand on. So you need to be like, look, this is what this is my skill set, but this is where I want to go. This is what I want to know. This is my expectation of you. And so I would have those conversations with them. And they'd be like, well, I'm a bartender, but I want to learn wine. I want to learn this. And it was dope because my like community of friends would be like, okay, so we'll teach, we'll teach the girls wine. So you got these like really fly girls and people walk in the restaurant and underestimate them and be like, you don't know nothing about wine. And they giving you the history where the grapes grew. And so even in that, I was like, okay, so we're only going to buy for black people and women mm. that have like family vineyards, anything else we can't do. And so it was like telling those food stories being super true. Like, um, all the artwork, all the things, our contractors were black. All It was like, this is my responsibility to do this and highlight our food. And so that's kind of like been my jam. And then it closed during the pandemic. And I started, because I'm a serial entrepreneur and I can't just sit down somewhere, um, a CPG company. Because I was talking to a friend of mine and I was like, you know what really bothered me was at the end of the night, we would be done with the shift at like one o'clock in the morning. And somebody would be like, oh, let me go buy some diapers. Or me being like, oh, let me see if I can pick something up for the kids on the way. And it's like, so how do we make food that lives in people's pantries, that's accessible, easy for them, and meets them where we are? Um, and so I started doing that, and that was really cool. And I really fell in love with it through the pandemic. And remember, I moved to New York for a foolish personal choice. So I closed my business for that foolish personal choice. Um, but I, I mean, and then like the pandemic was still going. So more and more people be like, can you get back to teaching? Can you get back to like virtually cooking and showing us how to do these things? So here I am doing that, raising two girls and wow. married and all the things. So it's good. I, I, I don't even know if I have another question. No, I mean, you just like covered everything. Um, but what I really want to know is something that's really interesting that pandemic that pandemic what was your what was your outlook when that pandemic hit and you knew how your business was ran 
and you knew the structural design. Did, was it fearful? Was it how, how, how did you handle that? And what was that emotional tie that kept you going? I mean, it was really it was weird because it was it's like a yes and situation for me. So it was hard because I had to let people go. Right. Like mm -hmm. that part really kind of fucks me up for all intents and purposes, because mm -hmm. that's the one thing that's super shitty about being an entrepreneur and being someone's boss is you're responsible for how they get paid. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. I hate that's the thing that whenever I think about should going into opening another space or expanding a business or something like that, it's the first thing I think about. Like, do we have the capacity to pay other people? Um, that part was hard. But for me personally, it was great because I have never stopped. And, and at the time, like when I was living in New York, we lived in the Bronx. My restaurant was in Manhattan in the Lower East Side and my kids went to school in Brooklyn. So it'd literally be like dropping them off, picking them up, then being at the restaurant, doing their homework, whether we closed at 11, 12, whatever the time was, them getting back home by one, two o'clock, to get up at five, to go to school. And we were like that as soon as we moved there. So for us, it was like a, a much needed rest that we got mm. to see each other and be a family again because we were so in the wheel and in the motion that we had never stopped and just been like, oh, we moved. Let, what is this like? So for us, it was a blessing and then you know, we, and I have, a, so my youngest is allergic to everything. So I was grateful for the fact that we, we had a home where she could, didn't have to go outside because she's asthmatic. She's atopic. She's allergic to everything. So she's autoimmune compromised. Um, and it was definitely a season where I had to, I think a lot of us had to sit and I had to sit with some things that I've been carrying for far too long. I just sit with some things that people have put on me that weren't mine, that I had made mine mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and started mm -hmm. to live my life through the vantage point of the demise that people spoke over to me. And I had made it personal and it wasn't mine to carry. So for me, it was like, okay, what do you love? Who are you? Who are you? What are the things that are you passionate about? And what are your non-negotiables in life now? And how do you not put yourself or your children in a place of unhappiness or discomfort or compromise? How do you work and not work yourself into the ground? Because I'm definitely a person who like is defined by my works. And I feel like rest and relaxing is a privilege. And I know that that's horrible to say, but that's true for me, just the way that I've been raised i've been working since i was seven so rest is not something if you're resting something's wrong if you didn't earn it it means you're not you didn't do something that you were supposed to do so it's like dismantling all of those things and how do i show up as a parent differently now um because my girls are getting older so how do i talk to them in a way that prepares them for the world but doesn't shape it through fear, but also shapes it with caution and mindfulness. So those were some of the things that I was doing in that whole ass pandemic. Wow. Those are very real. I, um, I think it shook up the world. I, I know 
for me, I didn't stop during the pandemic. There was no, there, there was no way, no how. The fear of failure set in and like, what's gonna happen to a lot of people. And so I took on the responsibility of being um, a provider for yeah. everyone, including my kids, like everyone. And, and I got adjusted to that because I was able to get out there and and be out in the air. Mm. Um, I actually took on the the first delivery of medication to Maryland. I'm a truck driver also. I drive 18 wheelers. Wow. So the first delivery of med medication through Amerisource Bergen, um, I handled. Wow. And so I, I had the first hand on seeing people and doctors get sick. And I was like, what the, you know, you hear it's real and you lose a lot of people during it. People that didn't even deserve it, you know, and, and I was really upset about that because I was watching people were dropping like flies like it was ridiculous. Yeah. And, and and I was trying to put the perspective of the world in my mind at that point. Like, what do like this is a bad joke. <laughs> I know I didn't sign up to come down here. I couldn't have done that. You know, yeah. <laughs> no, that was right. you mean to tell me I rushed to get down here? Like I can't believe that. But to be a parent and be a mother and have to figure out how to rear your kids in this pandemic state, like this, this is real. And yeah. then a couple of my kids caught it. And devastation, like whoa. You know, whoa, and and being fearful, and and being that fighting mother that this is precious cargo. Yeah. And if you do not fix this kid right here, it's gonna be a problem. <laughs> no. Yeah. For real. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it into a monster. <laughs> I have yeah. no idea. I'm gonna turn it into something crazy. You better be out of the hospital in the next couple of days, right? So. Um, you, you figure it out and, and then walk just, just the whole way that it went, you know, people yeah. asymptomatic, you don't even know who has it and you're sitting next to yeah. you well and you're, you're feeding them. I'm like this. I think that if we made it through the pandemic, mm. we are like real life soldiers of the United States of America Yeah, and they can say what they want. Um, I think it's still out here. I think that it's real. And I mean, even I still mask up sometimes just because I don't know. I'm, I'm, my, I'm, I have lupus, so um, it's dangerous. And just to hear how you made it through, and you're cooking, you're, you're yeah. doing these things. <laughs> when you say this to me, I understand what this means. The Bronx, Manhattan, the school thing. I know how. That, it, <laughs> I know how that is. Um, yeah. I figured out really early that I didn't like that part of the mommyhood. I didn't like that part. Like, yeah, that part is not fun to getting up, going to school. You got kids fighting, stop touching me. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't fun. So the travel time in between that time for you to do that, get your kids to school. What mind state are you in by the time you get to the restaurant? Are you motivated? Or are you he, he, I'm crazy, so I should probably <laughs> Um, my brain does not work. And it was so funny because Friday, my friend was like really reading my mail and I was like, yo, you should stop. Um, I have a fear of time. Mm. 
I have a fear of how we squander time, how we maximize our time, how we use wisdom with our time, how we care for our time. And so I'm, it's like something that I'm really trying to like, sometimes I have to sit in here and, and I feel it. I'm like, nope. Um, so it's hard for me, whether it was like, you know, when they went back to school or um, with the restaurant or after the restaurant closed and like moving around and doing all these things. I always feel like I'm chasing time. Mm. But I understand where it comes from because I was at such a young age, I was raised in a space of like constant critique, right? So mm. it was never like, oh, good. It was like, oh, well, try it this way. You know, whoever it was, it was a couple different variations of that. So I'm always looking at how I show up in a space Am I being irresponsible with my time? Did I maximize my time? Um, could I have done something differently? And, I've, and, and it's hard, like I'm trying to find that balance of like, I can't live in a world where I can work 18 hour days because I have children and I also can't um, make it known to them that because of them, I can't work 18 hour days. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't be like, here, I gotta cut the day short. So it's like, how do I accept the time that I have mm. and maximize it as best as I can and then let that go? I can't hold on. And it's hard because uh, let me tell you, I would be like, yesterday's time could have been like this. And yeah. so it's like, how do you do it and say this was my best? And doing my best was enough because it's bullshit if I sit here and say that, say that to my children and don't live that out. And they're going to call me out and know that it's not real, whether it's out loud or it's something that they learn to develop within themselves, where they're like, cool, cool, cool. You tell us that like our best is good enough, but then our like watched learned behavior is you always be like, I didn't. So it's a thing where like I have to not I have to know that like me showing up in the best confines of what showing up looks like if I can give a hundred percent and and sometimes a hundred percent is forty percent right like if a hundred percent of what I have to give then right. that's okay and there right. will be no um dock against me for my my best of forty percent right that that's that is amazing. You said that that's real. Yeah, that's real. It's hard, but yeah, that's real. But sometimes it's forty percent is your one hundred percent. Yeah. Wow. That is the realest thing that you. That's today's quote and motivation for the people who have not given themselves the benefit of the doubt. Because sometimes you don't give yourself the benefit of the doubt because you think your forty percent is forty percent or twenty percent, and it's forty yeah. percent. Well, really, it's your hundred percent. It's your hundred. Just because today is today. Mm -hmm. That's it, and that's yeah. all. That's interesting. I might don't don't get be mad if I hashtag that. Keep it. Um, Keep it. Yeah, because <laughs> that is true. Um, yeah, Jacob. Um, well, I kind of wanted to know about the the because working from going from a child actress, mm -hmm. you've always been in the business mind state. Yeah. So for me, when I think about that. Um, because I went into 
you're doing other things too in life. You, you, you live many different lives. Yeah, I have. One lifetime. Many different lives in one lifetime. I don't know which one I'm on. Probably the third. I have no idea. But we live many different lives in one lifetime. Sometimes we do things we don't want to do to maintain and function and, and make things happen. They call it hustle. I call it survival. Yeah. Fit. Everybody can do it. Um, being in that business mind state as a child and an actress, knowing that you didn't want to do that for the rest of your life, if there was something that came up now in that realm, would you take on the opportunity to step out and give the world another one, one more, one more snap of the finger of Cicely Sierra? Um, okay. So this is how I, I don't know what the answer, but this is the best. When people ask me this, this is the best way I can describe it. Um, you know, like, the worst analogies for stuff. You know how like you dated someone and you can think to who this person is like quick or maybe the two and you know that it's not for you but when 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 you're in it good is good. But the work of it is not worth it to you. But the sparks of the moment you be like this hits but it's Tuesday, Thursday, Friday that I don't want no parts of. That's what that feels like for me. Mm. Like financially as a parent, yes. Great. Do I want to be driving around like auditioning? No. And so, but that's because it's not the thing that I'm passionate about. I don't necessarily hold a lot of value to those things anymore where there are value to other people. So sometimes I have to be like careful of how I, that's my thing. And I think that also like, Cooking also works for me because I'm very much in my head, especially when it comes to teaching, because I can I look at everything and I think like, OK, if I'm going to teach you how to make something or I have to teach um, my team or I have to set up an experience, what does it feel like as soon as they put their hand on the door? Right. Like they walk through the door, what music are they hearing? What happens if they have to go to the bathroom? All of these things. And I think that that works really well for me in cooking, where it doesn't work well for me in acting because I'm too in my head where it doesn't allow me to like live in that moment sometime because I'm like, ooh, I wonder what face I made or ooh, if I turned this way, if I did that, if I did, I'm one of those people where that, and that doesn't feel great to me because then it turns into this like, you're defined by your works and the lack thereof kind of feeling. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, ma it makes it makes me what well, it makes me nervous, but it's also weird now because I'll do more things for people more, more in, in the cooking world of like hosting and demos and all of these things. And like, you know, everybody being like, oh, my God, I'm Pinterest and you teaching and all these those kinds of things. So it's weird because back in the day, when I started cooking and though I loved it when it got hard, I was like, no, I really dumped a whole career and a whole future into this thing. What was I thinking? And um, I was like, you never know. Like I had to give myself a pep talk and I was like, you never know where that will come back to what lessons you've learned or experiences you've had where they're like mowed together. And I'll tell my team now, like, don't despise small beginnings. Don't, 
get lost in like whether or not it looks linear. And so it's weird to be in a space now where they feel like they're starting to come together again. Because I remember leaving after one-on-one was done and I was like, oh my God, I love cooking. If I could do a cooking show and you know, I didn't really have experience, but just felt like if I could just cook for people. And so it's weird now to be in a space where like the two of them are coming together in a way that I never thought. And I think that acting also really helped me with teaching, right? Like mm-hmm. I can memorize the recipe. I can like give you structure and give you, people are like, you're so entertaining when we do this. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got a whole bag of experience doing it. So it really is great. But I don't know that like if you handed me like a script and be like, okay, let's go. I'd be like, hi, my name is Cicely. And I'm so great. I feel like that's what I would do now. So I really don't know about it. I have no idea. You seem like someone that I'm like, like a friend, like you seem so like someone that I would hang with, someone that I would know, someone that I would be like, girl, what you doing? Like someone that I would talk to next door. The words that you choose use, linear your name was spirit on the show i have a different aspect about probably some other things that i would like to ask you because i think that i'm i got a roundabout sense of um your energetic realm if i if i were to speak um in those terms i think you know where i could possibly go with that but i'm not we're not going to do that we're going to let king jacob go ahead and dive in with his good old questions come on Mm. million dollar voice so, <laughs> upon you being this world-renowned child actor, and you come onto the big screen to um, embrace, entice, and inspire Black families all across America, um, as well as show the white community how it really goes down in the Black culture, yeah. and how and how we rock, and how we got slick mouths. Yeah. <laughs> the women roll their eyes, but when the but when the dad speaks, it seems like the wall tremble. Yeah. And so, upon me having the experience of watching, you know, the sitcom, I felt ready at home. And so, with that being said, I just had this conversation with my partners. Right, I said, when there's a two parent household. The first, the first person they call, when they meet their dad at the, the first teacher parents conference, and they know he's staying firm on principle, the first person they call is him, and so that show reminded me of that. Um, it was an open dialogue, um, yeah, because you was you was a little outlandish on the show. You you said what you said, and it's like if you wear your feelings on your sleeve, oh well, that's not my problem. And so, and I can respect that, you know. Um, you asked me. I told you, but you just wasn't ready for the answer. And so upon you having that character and 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 being that, how did your peers of every day, what did y'all chop it up about as far as when they be like, oh, my homegirl this or my cousin this or, or, you know, like, how was that? I mean, so I think that, um, I knew Kyla way before the show started. I actually wasn't acting at all 
when one on one came about because I had made the decision to go back and start high school and dive into high school full time. So um, her mom had called my mom and we all had the same agent, me, Kyle and Robert. And they were like, listen, she's got this opportunity. They're looking for a friend and they really want the friend to have like good chemistry. We think you should audition. So we all were very close. We were all very cool. We, so much of our lives happened in that show. You know what I'm saying? Like me being 15, having my sweet 16 and growing and maturing and like Flex and his family, like so many things happened. And we were such a small group of people that I think it was, it, it was only normal that like we, became a, a family on television and a family in real life. Um, and it was very magical. It was incredible. Um, mm -hmm. It was pretty cool. I think the thing is like, we just saw it as going to work. I don't think we had the, well, I'm gonna say this for me. I didn't, I am very much like spirit. <laughs> obviously. Um, so it was, it was perfect because we could, we could live these things out together. Um, mm -hmm. but I don't think we thought like this would be one of the biggest black sitcoms to go down in history. I don't think it was, it was a love for what we did. It was a love for engaging with people. It was a love for making not only people laugh, but making them feel seen. You know what I'm saying? Like that's something that was, even today is like super important that that thing of showing up for us and i think that's what made that cast like really great is because you could see yourself in someone at some point if not all of them and all of those things so i think that it was that i i, I mean who would have known that like it would be what it is now but yeah I mean, it was, right. I mean, I feel like the, it was, I don't know, it was crazy because it's like how perfectly it aligned the characters, the idea of what the characters were supposed to be and how we just kind of fit. It was, it was wild, but it was, it was incredible. Okay. 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 And so upon doing that, you this actress, you this busybody, you, you're, you're popular on television, you're, you pop among your friends. So how do you think the world of acting allowed you to have an impact in the community upon upon your peers? I mean, okay, I'm gonna be honest. I am I'm really like awkward, right? Like, um, uh -huh. and and I um my like friendships are really small. And so I never even to this day, like I never, you don't know who I am. And I would never assume that you would think like people be like, you look familiar. I'd be like, girl, maybe we went to high school together. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I don't ever like, one, I don't ever assume because you can be like, oh yeah, you was the girl that dated. Um, but I don't know. I very like to myself, I'm very basic. And I believe that there's nothing with me. But I don't, so it, that part never really resonated with me. 
um, because I really like people and I really like being in the thick of things. So I would never assume that like, ooh, y'all like me. I just like this. So um, I just like hanging out with people. So I never, that that side of the world never kind of got to me. Mm. That's funny. That's funny. Um, I remember when I used to be on a, a show up in Mount Vernon, New York. As a as a radio, uh, a radio host, right, and um, I was I was out somewhere, right, because my tagline was, "Is King Jacob your baby mama's favorite radio host?" That that, that was my tagline, oh. and so I'm out somewhere at a barbecue, and somebody said, "Hey, what's up, baby mama favorite radio host?" And people just like, "That's you." I'm like, "Yeah, that's me." So that was years ago, and when I'm out certain places, people yell it out all the time. So you know, people definitely I, recognize that. You. Never happens to me. I, mean, <laughs> I hear you, and that is smooth like water. That never happens. That's not my. I'm surprised. I'm surprised reality. because because you was on a major hit show. So I'm no, really surprised. I mean, it, I think like if people no. Because I'm also the person that, like, if we were in a store and you had a cute sweater, I'm like, you should get that sweater because it's cute. So I think that there's, it just doesn't, if you started talking to me, I'd be like, oh, yeah, so tell me more. What about you? So I don't, that never happens. Mm. So so upon <laughs> your, your upon your children having friends and um, do their parents ever recognize you or or be like, you know, like. Yes, but again, and, and maybe it's because I think, okay, so I'm gonna say, this is the best way to say it. I'm the person who's like gonna shoot first. Like, even if you would be like, oh my God, if I saw you and you'd be like, hey, how you doing? I'd be like, hello, welcome, how's your day? So even if that was the thing that was going to like come out of your mouth, I'm so weird that we've never talked about it. And it'll be like months later, they'd be like, you know, you was my favorite on that show. And I'd be like, yeah, how long, how long you done known this and you ain't saying nothing? So it doesn't, just mm -hmm. like, I'm like this all the time. Okay, well. That's you her. Know, that this is how she always is. You remind me a lot of um, just this. Your regular personality is a lot like spirit. Yeah, I could definitely see you being spirit, and you, yeah. I can see that 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 connection. And this now you're older. This is like I can yeah. see this. This is yeah. exactly that. If I would were, were to sit back and imagine that, not only that, you remind me of a lot of the person. That's behind the scenes. Getting yeah, and that's why. That's my skill set. Being behind the scenes, but I'm also like, if if we were out somewhere and you were staring at me, like I'm the person like, God damn it, I got some sauce on my shirt. That's why they're looking at me. Like I'm not a person who'd be like, they're looking at me because, right? No, I'm like, shit. Anybody got a sweater? Like that's that's who I am. <laughs> You, you you hilarious too. You, you you very funny. So uh, very funny. You you got two. Uh, you got another career that you can go after too, because you're definitely a comedian. It's funny. You oh. you you're funny. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You just so openly like, yeah, this is me. Like, take it or leave it. Like, you know, if you don't want to yeah. take it, that's your own business. You know. So yeah, but, for sure. and but I mean, that was the thing where it was like, um, 
I can recognize that I had the one-on-one -on -one was like a privilege. So how I went out into the regular world, like cooking or like a corporate world or having a job, I was a bit more reckless because I didn't really need someone's acceptance because it was a second career and I'm a do. So I remember like cooking and like teaching white people and they'd be like, well, where's the instructor? And I'd be like, this is as good as it gets right here. This is it. Welcome. <laughs> so I really like let me move through the world in a way where like I don't, because we, we were a part of something that was so true to us and so um, nurturing of black people that I don't, you gonna get it this way. I'm not gonna make it comfortable for you. So it's very much like, so I can always show up as me and I like raise my children or, you know, the teens that I work with always show up as you because that's the thing that's going to eat at you the most, right? Like when you come away from these experiences, especially a bad one, you'd be like, they treated me like shit and I was pretending. No, you don't have to mm -hmm. pretend <laughs> because whether or not they like you is going to come out. It would really suck. Yeah, absolutely. Not who yeah. you were. And then they were like, mm, I didn't so much care for that. So I was like, no, this is 10 toes down. This is who I okay. am. Hi. Absolutely. You know, I I just I I just had had this theory in my head when when somebody said, "Well, they don't they don't like me." I said, "Well, they should they should you should make sure that God loves you. It ain't about who else like you. You know what I mean? Just make sure that God loves you because mm -hmm. that's that's a person that you passing passing by. You know that's that's a part of your journey to go around that person. You yeah. come in contact with them, but it ain't it ain't like." They're there for a reason. They're just in passing. Either they, either they like you, they love you, or they leave you. It's just simple as that. You better not. That, leave. That, that, that's just what it is. So, you, know. <laughs> so you better not leave me. For me, my whole, thing, <laughs> my whole thing growing up was um very much so bubbly spirit. Um, always talking, always laughing, always um very um i can remember my parents and my aunts and uncles all saying they what they in there giggling about you know that's what they would say when we would be laughing at 13 14 always being funny um not really thinking about if somebody didn't like me mm, not really yeah. thinking about that so as time went on when you would fi find out that people didn't like you would be like what <laughs> we were hanging out like that yeah we really didn't have the the way that I went to school. We really didn't have a structural design of like almost not really having an option of certain people not liking you. Yeah. Like when you go to the same school from two to your freshman year <laughs> with a, a hiatus because I wanted to try the public school. I built my friends there. Then I went right back to the Catholic school and Christian school and took those friends with me. And we mm -hmm. are actually friends right now. We're still friends now. And people have done certain things I'm still the Heather, still the Diana Law. <laughs> and it's funny that I'm bringing these people up, that I'm saying their name. They're probably like, girl. <laughs> if the walls could talk. Mm -mm -mm. I'll be saying that. I said, you should say that. Turn it on in the morning time. Nicole's on there talking about it. I could just see them like saying the same thing. Um, no, nobody's really, we, we grow up, we have lives, but there's that connection still. So for me, those people, and I know people probably don't believe me when I say this, 
those people that matter matter. Mm-hmm. And we can get in tune and we can rock out. And those people who don't matter, don't like me, don't matter. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on trying yeah. to um, tap dance and tippy toe around you to yeah. try to make you like me. Um, I've been through that stage in my life where I'm just like, you know, why don't they, they what, what about me? Don't they like if they didn't like me um, after they told me or something, like, you know, they don't like you. Like, really? What is, what's wrong with me? Um, because I thought that I was the coolest person ever. <laughs> yeah. The coolest person ever. Um, and I don't care about that. I thought I was no. the coolest person ever. Like, hands down. Like, you don't like me. You missed out, buddy. And I kind of feel like that now. Like, they, they said, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've always <laughs> been awkward. So, um, yeah, I'll be like, oh, it's because I have blue hair. This sounds weird. Um, <laughs> but I tell my kids that sometimes, like, in life, you know, you got to, like, eat the meat and throw away the bones, right? Like, yes. they experience whatever that, because they shape you for the the next thing. And you want to get a get a hold on how to show up in the world um, while the lessons are small. Because sometimes mm. the lesson will be greater and you'll be caught up in a situation where you keep circling the same lesson or compromise yourself to show up for people because you want to feel validated. So validation first like starts with you. But then I'm also like, well, you also have to be mindful that like some people may not understand you. Some people may be hungry. Some people may be sleepy and tired. Um, Mm -hmm. So give them the grace for that, or there may be a space where, as cheesy as it sounds, you can be the change that someone needs to see. Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't know what somebody just left or just encountered, right? Like, you may just need somebody to be like, oh, hey, girl, have a good day. And that be the thing that shifts the atmosphere for someone. So Mm -hmm. don't miss out on those opportunities because sometimes we just need to feel seen and valued. And oftentimes that's on a very broad spectrum. What it kind of comes down to, that doesn't mean that you should be someone's punching bag, but it does mean that like what's yours to carry is yours and what's not yours. And so you show up as the best version of you and you give you give God your best and you let everything else be sorted out that ain't got nothing to do with you. And so that's what I kind of try to live by. I mean, you may catch me on an off day, but you know, I try to be like, oh, hey, everybody, why are you sad? You need a friend. Right, okay, <laughs> okay. A beautiful thing, as a CEO, this is pertinent, as a CEO going from one realm to the next, going through your classes, going through cooking school, going through all these things. You said that one of the hardest things for you is being responsible for someone else's um, financial gain Mm -hmm. or putting money in their pocket. Mm -hmm. Looking at that as a CEO, have you ever had a time where being a leader Mm -hmm. and a CEO was was trying to you 
Oh yeah, like every day. Um, I think the New York restaurant was really difficult. Um, and so there were times where I had to talk slow and breathe long, you know, um, and then like in a business, like, okay, so who, you know, it's hard, right? Like I always hate when people say like, you get paid first, right? Like one of those things, for example. And so like, even like in New York, our, we had the horrible people. And so it'd be like, okay, so do I forego my checks? So I know that other people can be taken care of. Cause I know that I can get mine. I know that I'm in a position where like, if I miss the paycheck, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. um, I, Oftentimes, like I'm, my daughter will be 15 and she's like wanting to get a job. And so there's like two sides to my brain where I'll be like, yo, okay, so here's the thing. You can only work three hours a week because you're 15 and then taxes. So like if you did your little side hustle, what you would make in a month, you could make in a week. And then I also have to be like, but it's okay to just be someone's employee because then you can take that off and leave it there. Um, and I think that sometimes we we glamorize like owning businesses because Absolutely. I think in social hierarchy, it's like, oh, I'm the one on top. But that sometimes that shit's for the birds and it's a lot to carry. And it's a lot mm -hmm. to like not be able to put down, not be able to leave, you know, like, ooh, a day off, you know, like all of these things. And I don't, I really, think through now in my life, like, what am, what am I capable of being responsible for, right? Like, am I, you know, is rent something I want to pay on a space every month? Healthcare, I think that health insurance is super important. So can I like fundraise enough and have enough of a runway where like the people who work there can have health insurance because the way our country is set up if you make too much too little you don't yes. get it you know yes. what I'm saying? all of those things i think people should be thinking about sometimes we just stop at the customer and the customer's always right but especially yeah. food the customer fucking sucks because they're hungry and they don't have any patience so how can i take care of my people to make sure that they have the patience to deal with you and so i think that if you hmm. don't realize what kind of business owner you are you know what i'm saying if you need a partner who has people in mind and you just think about the numbers that's okay that's okay too um but it is it is something that i do feel very it keeps me up at night like when i was in new york it would keep me up at night and i would be so unwell and i remember like how do people spend less time at work like how do we get people in here how can we when we close down the night before can it be ready so they don't have to rush here the next day and they feel like their lives are here always it's something that like i think it does people a disservice when we pour so much time into our work and build something up for our whole people outside of what we do we're so tethered sometimes to the thing that we do and the success of the thing that we do and our identity gets wrapped up in that, that like, well, who are, who are you outside of cooking or who right. are you outside of said thing? And it's like, 
because that thing is gonna fail at some point. Um, like it, it gets hard, it gets complicated. The, the vision of a particular aspect of it that you thought would be the next big thing may not work out. So you need to know who you are and you need to know your why and like anchor to those two things. And I'm very sure, not always in my hair color, but like who I am and why I do it. I do it for people. I do it for my kids. I do it for black people. Like I really just want us to be like always talked about in the most beautiful manner because we deserve it and we don't have enough spaces. So if I'm not, and like sandwiches, because I really low-key love sandwiches. And, and so if it's not, of those things or like anchored by those things, then I think that like, I have to kind of be like, okay, so pull back. You know what I'm saying? Like I tell my daughter this, like, yeah, you may be good at something. Like I can see as an entrepreneur, like you're really good at this thing. And financially you should be doing that thing instead of like going to get a job. But if you're not anchored in the work when it doesn't feel good, it's not mm -hmm. gonna be sustainable. Because if you're just like, oh, this is so cute and I like it because it's fun. Like where, this is my lesson with my kids today. You um, washing dishes will teach you everything you need to know about life. <laughs> she hates washing dishes and I was like, right. So it's gonna teach you time management. It's gonna teach you how to show up. And most importantly, it's gonna teach you how to continue to do something, whether you love it or not, no matter what, because you know that like the benefit of the end of a thing. It's, I was like, it's not the dishes because you don't wash dishes that way. Quite frankly, we got a dishwasher. But it's teaching you how to be consistent, how to be grounded, and how to be committed to something when it doesn't feel good in the moment. Absolutely, I'm I'm in total agreement with you with that. I I think that's that synopsis, that analysis. I, we have a dishwasher. Yeah, it's never been opened. It won't ever be open, ever, because you're gonna have to wash them first anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't understand. <laughs> like, and you need discipline. Yeah, discipline, discipline. These things are structured in this planet to be to keep you structured. The school discipline. You got to be there at a certain time. If you don't, you get in trouble. Work. You got to yeah. be there at a certain time. If you don't, you get in trouble. If you do mm -hmm. not call or have a parent call for you at school. The same thing happens in the work world. If you do not call, yeah. you're absent. No call, yeah. no show. You're fired. You're in trouble. Truancy. Yeah. I mean, things happen. And this is a structural design for a reason. Yeah. That's what I've had to implement in these other entities. Mm -hmm. And then you have to figure out which one is who and how. Which one yeah. is like, you have to talk to like this and the other one that you have to say, hey. Come have a seat for a second. Yeah. Yeah. You have to learn how to deal with people on their terms and talk to them on their terms when they're your people. DNA status. But not only then, but when we are us. Yeah. That's the point of talking to the guests before the show so that I can feel you a little bit your energy i need to see your energy and your source before we push that button so that i can come in and smile and laugh or i have to because yeah. they want somebody to know what's really going on on exquisite conversation 
Yeah. That's why I touch and feel and do the things that I do before the show with the guests. But not only I'm paying attention to you. Right when I came in, I looked at you right away. You were like, and I seen you before you saw me. And I saw that you weren't impatient. I was watching you for like 30 seconds and I was just trying to see how you were. And you were just as peaceful. And I was like, okay, Nicole, do you come in and just like spunking her all the way up because she's just peaceful? Or do you just show her that you're like this fan because you're like 44 now and you just got, God, what you doing? <laughs> I've been wanting to talk to you. So you feel around people and you were very welcoming and regular. You know, you didn't have yeah. this, you don't have this, um, this halo over your head and you're walking around like you're floating on it. You, you know, you talk to some people and I know you've done this before where people, you almost think they're like, they're talking like they're majestic, even though we are queens and kings, but you're like, wait a minute, do I touch them or not? Like, you know, and, and that's the part that you have to, how you have to navigate this planet every day. The gas station attendant, just anybody, the person is pumping gas in front of you or the person waiting behind you. You have no idea what type of day they had and living in the Chicagoland area, anything can happen at any time. And I'm pretty sure that's how that New York world was while you were working there. When you were like, whoo, they were mean. I was like thinking to myself, tell me about it. <laughs> so I was just talking to somebody like, is this north or east? And I didn't think anyone heard me. And it was like 45 people like going up and down the streets of North Franklin, downtown Chicago. And I was like, these people are evil. <laughs> no one heard me. <laughs> no, I was screaming and hollering, but whatever. You got to keep moving. And you have to teach these people how to keep going in spite of. And that's what I appreciate the most about what I have received from you. Going from being an actress to this serial entrepreneur and a chef doing and diving into the things that you love to do and planning your feet, your why, and taking it all the way home. That's amazing to me. That's amazing to me. And I really, really, really um, love that. You and your mother starting a company, you teaching, like doing all of these things and not being worn out being even more driven if that's not motivation for someone then i don't know what it is um and i think that we should have a couple more questions i know from, yeah. because we're over the hour we're 20 minutes over the hour oh, wow. and that's a good thing that when we find out that we have talked to someone and they are over the time um, well, no, we're not 20 minutes over now. We're about 10 minutes over because we started a little bit late. So we're about 10 minutes over, but still that's a superb thing on exquisite conversation. And that's what I really, really love. I know that you're a very busy person. So we do not want to dive into your time because this was a, an exclusive exquisite conversation. So if you would allot me to, to just tap into your energy one more time and just find out one thing, what is your most favorite meal to prep Oh, um, our people. I watched your cooking session, and that's why I know. You're like chicken and rice tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, this is really hard. Um, 
she's like chicken and rice. Um, like tonight on Instagram, I gather with um, I gather with my friends on Instagram and we watch TV during the week. Well, separately, and then we come back together on Sundays, um, and we cook together. So tonight I'm making chicken and rice. Um, chicken and rice is really important to me. I think that chicken and it's weird. It's my like family recipe, and it's interesting because other people have had it. It's like cook the chicken and the rice bakes into the chicken. Um, I I don't know. It's changed over the years. Um, but I will say that like, if there was one thing that I could do for the rest of my life, it would be like grilling bread um, because I really love sandwiches. And a lot of times when I like teach people how to cook through a sandwich, they're like, we had never looked at a, a sandwich like that because I think that sandwiches are so simple and complex. We've all had a sandwich. We've all eaten a really good one. We've all eaten a really bad one. But like, if I teach you how to make a sandwich, I'm teaching you how to make bread. I'm teaching you how to build flavor, texture, glue. What's the emotional construction to all this? And then I think that you're learning how to make sauce. You're learning how to cook a protein. So I think probably a, a sandwich because it's, always the thing that fascinates me the most. Okay. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I love food as a whole. Really, I love bread, like anything. And by bread, I mean like cake, actual bread, flat bread, like any kind of flour, water, butter dough mixture. <laughs> very uh -huh. place in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I would love, love, love. You're going to see me again. Um, Okay. when you go to Instagram or whatever um, I'm there I'm following you um, because I really um, I can cook but I'm not the best cook just to be honest oh I my god we, I'm, I got I'm like, following my jam. like I'm really um, really good you see I had to catch myself because I was about to start guessing yeah. I'm really good at it guys like I really because I love food but i really love people and i really love that moment of like when people go like oh shit, i did that and i'm like you sure <laughs> did you sure That's did be yeah That's yeah because i want to know you done turned the camera off you done left because we was over time where did no i'm just kidding don't tell me it's not my business you know? right he's a million dollar man with the million right. dollar the million dollar and i can cook my ass off okay so tell me what what's the thing that you cook the best if you say uh, ribs i'm gonna be like that's too easy um any anything from 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 like baked mac and cheese to uh -huh. that's black Don't uh, 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 okay um any type of uh italian food you know what i mean tell me more okay tell like, me. like like uh baked zini with um italian sausage hamburger meat um chunks of chicken with kobe jack cheese cream cheese oh. um um cheddar cheese and monster okay. cheese on top yeah i believe you man yeah heart attack no because it's baked it's fine honestly it's not bad so let me ask you do you like are you making your own sauce do, do do I I don't most of the time, but I can. Okay, so what? <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna ask you this: like, what sauces are you using? Is prego or ragu better? You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's not even prego or ragu. 
Um, it, it's a. Uh, it doesn't even. It's not even dark. It's prego and ragu. Um, it's an Italian sauce, and the sauce costs about probably about twelve dollars a jar. Where you get it from? It, it, it's sold at most grocery stores. You're not telling us what your secret sauce is. Why not? The gift is sharing. It's giving. It's caring. Why would I withhold information from you that you're not telling me what this sauce is? To be honest with you, it's got a funny pronunciation, so I'll make sure I put it in your inbox. You can okay, go get it. Right. Yeah. You can with your hand behind it like this. Right. I don't, I don't, have, I don't have it on deck with me now. <laughs> I don't have it on deck with me right now, but I'm telling you, it's it's okay. I'm, I'm gonna tell you, it's a sauce that I've seen Emerald use. Yeah. Oh, okay. I Bam. You right. So right. That's what he says. Right. Yeah. Bam. Bam. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So You're I got one last I got one last question for you hmm. before before we get out of here now. Yeah. When it comes when it comes to cooking, okay. I just want to enlighten you about something. Oh, I um, you, you know, um, what people don't say this, but cooking has that mental love in it, yeah. that emotional love in it, mm -hmm. and that spirit, spiritual presence in it. Mm -hmm. And so upon somebody having a very difficult day when you prepare them a meal and just from the aroma that that goes up their nostrils okay they instantly start feeling better before they taste it and upon that first bite mm -hmm. it's like the art of love making when you bite into something just so exhilarating and so scrumptious and just so breathtaking yeah. uh-huh <laughs> It's got a mute button. Would you like me to tell you like my method for that or no, no, I just I'm I'm just I just want to know what you think. You know what I mean? I think yes, but about let me tell you structurally how I arrived there. It's because when your pan is hot, you use a good oil and you salt your food immediately. You know what I'm saying? And that releases all the essence of the food into the pan. So that's mm -hmm. the smell that you taste. And um just like love making, you can't brush the breath. And I'm just kidding. Um, no, yeah, you gotta, yeah. you gotta, mm. you gotta let it simmer. So um, people okay. under people underestimate, you know, <laughs> the the <laughs> art form <laughs> of the chef and how she has to be mentally mentally ready to mm -hmm. prepare a meal for someone, whether it's yeah. one person or whether it's a thousand people. Okay, you know, it's it's a it's a mental and an emotional process, and sometimes you just might need to read some literature even before you start cooking just to really help Why get your mind I'm I said some what people you, you know some, like, like 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 I I used to see you know uh people older women before they start cooking they'll go read a couple of scriptures you know what I mean and, um you know. I mean, no, I do like a, I have like a very hood prayer that I pray to Jesus. You know what I'm saying? And I'd be like, mm -hmm. Lord, let's get, make room for me. You know, bring, uh, you told me it would bring me before great people. Let this be great. Let, let what needs to come through, come through. Because sometimes mm -hmm. it's like, oh, let it be this. And it's not, that's not what it's supposed to be. And then I have a very ratchet or very old school playlist that I play. Cause that's really going to get me in the mind. So, 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 so. So that prayer seems like uh, it's, it comes from Second John. I forgot what verse, but it seems like that. So you know, yeah. I mean, you know, it's not exactly what the scripture might say. 
but it's, no, it's no, definitely, definitely he, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, so I'm one of those people that like he says, "Come as you are." So I'd be like, "Lord, don't let me." Right, right, not a right. Fan. Like he know, he knows that so I cut he, when I think that he's not listening. So sometimes well, I'd be like, well, I mean, you know, do me a solid. Yeah, and ain't, ain't, ain't nothing wrong with that. But yeah, uh, that that cooking it's it's a whole different level. Only if people understood that you they really don't understand. They say, yeah, they yeah. say to the man's heart and the cooking is to the man's heart. I'm not saying that I can't cook to eat. I can cook to eat, cook to survive, but I'm talking about I want to be able to get down in the kitchen. Like if it's time to get in the kitchen, that, the bottom line is I'm following you. I'm gonna be right yeah, on your yeah. back. I mean, course, listen, like, if you want to run to the grocery store and come on Instagram tonight, we're gonna make this chicken and rice this, and it's super easy. It's chicken, onions, bell pepper, celery, um, garlic, and rice, quite frankly, um, and a few other things. But I think that, like, that's the thing that I love is like making people really feel like I think I cooking is a lot like life. Like, you know, you got to have patience. You're going to get it wrong. You're going to burn it. We don't know that, though, because you don't want to eat it. But, like, there's right. a lot of things that the way life moves, and there's a, a cheat code a little bit. Like, mm -hmm. there's a little bit mm -hmm. that if you know, you can, like, build on it, break it, expand it, and then you feel like, I did a thing. And sometimes we just need those moments of, like, I did a thing, and okay. I did it well. And so that's what I like to give to people. No doubt, no doubt. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I just wanted to tap in with, with you with that because, you know, Listen, when I said- Listen, don't tap in nothing. If you're not going to send me that song- I got you, I got you. So when I, when I say that statement to most people, they like- Yeah. They'd be like, tell me more, Jay. I just right, that's what he like thought. Whatever. He thought he was about to put you in his own. Cut yeah, him off. Whatever I'm feeling, <laughs> you, know, you know, like if I feel anxious and I'm cooking a steak, you can feel- the chewiness in it if I so I definitely have to honestly before I cook especially when I teach or I do a demo I literally um like crouch down in the corner of the kitchen and just take a moment and kind of have to stop because it's like so much happening that I have to be like okay you know what you know the people will be here they're gonna have a good time and and I feel like if I can move yes with like confidence but like care and ease and love for you then that allows you to kind of relax who you are to let me in because also me teaching you is a, a trust thing and i think that mm -hmm. me being a woman me being a, a black woman you don't you don't trust me um so i have to really do the work to be like, I understand that you know how to do it this way, but just give me a second to teach you a few things, to show you how to do it another way. And maybe this will work, maybe yours works, or maybe you meet in the middle and you arrive somewhere you go, ooh, I'm gonna take some of these things. So yeah, like I I think that you need to tell me what that sauce is and you need to do it. I got you, I got you, I got you. I, 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 I can appreciate you know, what you, I got you. no worries. I definitely send it to you. We'll make sure he sends it to you. Mm -hmm. We will not. We will not be telling anybody anything on this show, and not be providing. Hello, the sources. We will definitely say what we say. What we say, and mean what we say, Please, Jacob. Because sometimes, yeah, just, just, just remember, I'm the only high. one on Squid Conversations that can provide this for you. That's okay. Listen to me, honey. He says this. He's the only one who can provide it for you. <laughs> 
I got my foot on the gas. Jacob don't want no smoke. <laughs> I want all the smoke. When when it comes to that, oh yeah, then most definitely. I don't want no smoke. <laughs> Listen, we're gonna get that over to you guys. Tell everyone how they can find you, where they can find you at. I already know you guys. Tap me, let them tap in with you. Um, you can definitely um like follow me or become my friend on Facebook. See, you could tell right now, I don't even know. Um, I'm on there kind of, not really. But like Instagram is a big one. Um, I'm very accessible on Instagram. Um, uh, you can follow me on Pinterest. Pinterest is a little more like straightforward. I'm cooking, I'm doing all the things. I have a series almost every month that's kind of different on Pinterest. Like it's um, Friday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, midnight, um time so it starts again on the second and it's recipe club so we're going to take two recipes and make three meals out of those two recipes for the week wow. on friday nights um and instagram we gather together we cook together every sunday night in the kitchen as a family um you can the website is called thesandwichministry.com. You can yes. sign up for the newsletters. You can sign up for cooking school because all the recipes and techniques and videos and things drop in cooking school. And um, this month, all of the recipes that we're doing between Instagram and the recipe club will be in the September curriculum. And then at the end of the month, um, I've been putting it off, but I'm responsible now. Um, I'm actually dropping like my first course it'll be salt oil and knife skills wow okay salute yes i am very very grateful to have um had this experience and the teachings you you did a lot of teaching you're a great teacher um on exquisite conversation today you guys um i want to tap back in with you probably another six months see where you're going okay. um, i'll be following you behind the scenes and um, definitely um, signing up with the cooking. I got. Class. I'm telling you, we gonna. I'm gonna be right there. We gonna get you in there. Yeah, yes, I got you absolutely. covered emotionally. I try to stay. I try to stay connected to um, like-minded beings, if I can say that. Um, <laughs> and I really, really thank you for being here, and thank you for staying over. Um, and I want to thank every PR out there who has shared their clients with us who have given us the ability to interview their people um, and to the people behind the scenes working here for Exquisite, I want to say thank you guys. And um, we mean what we say, we say we'll tap in and there's going to be some um, extra things going on here. We're going to try to get us a progress report and some things happening. You guys are going to elevate Exquisite Conversation to take it to the next notch. Things will be changing here within the next 30 days. You guys know where you can find Chef Cicely Sierra, and we could say, well, she was on one-on-one, -on -one, but I'm definitely saying check out her whole set. She is who she is, and she is a chef, and this is what she's doing here and now today, and this is what she'll continue to do. And I'm glad that you came here to Exquisite Conversation. I am providing Jay. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Bye.